It's never right to do wrong. This simple biblical truth puts to rest a common occurrence. Here it is. All the justifications and excuses for sin are invalid. No one is exempt from God's standards, and no one is exempt from His judgment. Excuses will not take you to heaven. Only the grace of God can do that. Welcome to the Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. Stephen called today's lesson, No Excuse for Sin. Some time ago, I read about the 21-year-old son of a European ambassador to the United States. He was repeatedly in trouble with the law. In fact, on one occasion, he struck and killed a woman with his car and was charged with vehicular homicide. But when he revealed who his father was, well, the charges mysteriously disappeared. He was arrested four times in the space of two years, but each time he claimed diplomatic immunity. And because his father was an ambassador, well, he got away with every offense. Well, this is the kind of issue the Apostle Paul is facing as he writes Romans chapter 3. The Jewish leaders were claiming diplomatic immunity from the charges of sin simply because they were children of Abraham. They assumed that they were immune to God's judgment because of Father Abraham. Now, Paul delivers the shocking truth. It didn't matter who their father was. No one is exempt from God's judgment apart from Christ. Religious Jews were just as guilty as pagan Gentiles. Well, now, as Paul continues to explain this primarily to his his Jewish readers, he anticipates three more objections to the gospel, and he puts them in the form of questions. The first question is here in verse 3 of Romans chapter 3. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? In other words, if God judges the Jewish people, is he not keeping his promise to them? Well, that's a great question. Did God erase his covenant promises to Israel because they were unfaithful to him? Has he withdrawn the promise to restore the throne of David and the land of Israel to the Jewish people and and set up his kingdom on earth in the future as he promised through his prophets? I mean, if, if Jewish sinners can be sent to hell along with Gentile sinners, it seems like seems like God threw away his promises to the nation Israel. Well, let me tell you, the unfaithfulness of Jewish people has not nullified God's promise to the nation Israel. There will be a future day when Israel will come to faith in Jesus Christ. The prophet Zechariah delivers God's unchanging promise back in chapter 12 and verse 10 of his prophecy, where God says this, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that... When they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Well, the context with Zechariah makes it clear that their weeping will be over their own sins. They'll they'll repent. They will believe in Jesus as Messiah. And by the way, this hasn't happened yet. Beloved, this promise doesn't refer to the church. It refers to the house of David, the nation Israel. The church has not replaced Israel. 
There is a coming millennial kingdom when Israel will be fully restored in the land of promise, according to the word of God. Now, let me, let me just sort of pull over here for a moment and clarify the difference between the national salvation of Israel in the future and the present salvation of individual Jewish people during this church age. At a future time, the Bible tells us God will restore Israel's land and the throne of David and, and bring in a literal kingdom. But in the meantime, personal salvation for every Jew today is no different than salvation for every Gentile. It is through faith in Jesus Christ, the one who is pierced at the cross. God has temporarily set aside the restoration of Israel and the literal fulfillment of his covenant to David. I mean, you might have noticed there's no throne in Jerusalem with the Messiah seated upon it. That's been postponed. But God's plans and promises to Israel have not been abandoned. So will God break his word to restore the nation? Well, Paul gives the answer here in the very next verse, verse 4. By no means. You could translate that, no way. That's impossible. In fact, some Bible translations put it, God forbid. You see, Paul is forcefully communicating that will never, ever happen. God will not abandon his promise to Israel. Paul writes further here in verse 4, By no means let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. In other words, God cannot tell a lie. He will keep his word to Israel. Now, Paul raises another objection from the Jewish people, again, putting it in the form of a question. Verse 5, but if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. Well, Paul is anticipating the argument here that if Jewish disobedience reveals the faithfulness of God, and that's a good thing, why would God turn around and judge them for their disobedience? Well, Paul answers it here in verse 6. Again, he says, by no means, for then how could God judge the world? Paul is saying, listen, if sinning Jewish people reveal the righteousness of God, and God then gives them immunity— Well, he allows them to avoid judgment, and God would have to let every sinner go free. And that can't happen, because God is not a partial, unjust judge. Well, now Paul raises a third argument with the question he asks here in verse 7. But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? as some people slanderously charge us with saying. Well, here's the argument Paul is is raising. Follow this now. If sinning makes the glory of God more obvious, why not sin all you can? In other words, if sinning gives God the opportunity to reveal his grace in forgiving us, well then, let's give God every opportunity we can to show his grace. Well, that would be like going home today after work And when your wife asks you how your day went, you say, well, it started off terribly because I lost my temper and I killed my boss. But on the way home, I asked God for his forgiveness and, oh, the relief I felt knowing God forgave me. Well, that that made it worth it all. (laughs) Well, here's another illustration of that kind of twisted logic. You intentionally expose yourself to the flu 
so that you can experience the headaches and fever. Why? Well, because you want the relief you feel from medicine you're given. Well, that would be foolish. Paul is clearly implying here that if anybody intentionally sins because they like the feeling of forgiveness, they're twisting the grace of God into permission to sin. And now here at the end of verse 8, Paul simply says of those who think and act this way, their condemnation is just. In other words, those who will sin just because they think it gives God a chance to demonstrate his grace, oh, oh, they're heading for a terrible awakening to judgment one day. Well, now, these arguments Paul addresses here prove that we can, we can be rather creative in justifying our sin rather than admitting our guilt, can't we? Uh, let's make sure uh, today that we're not doing that. Let's not treat sin lightly. Let's not give in to some temptation and then, you know, brush it off with a quick prayer. Or as one man told me as he was about to leave his wife for another woman, he said to me, I know I'm about to sin, but God's going to forgive me later on. Oh, that's a dangerous way to live. And it certainly discredits the gospel. It, it discredits the name of the Lord As people who have experienced the grace of God in our lives, how should we live? Well, the Apostle Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2, 9. You are a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter did not say, oh, you're God's people, so now you can go sin any way you want. No, He said, you're God's people. Now go demonstrate that God has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light of redemption. Well, let's do that today as we live for Christ. Until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson he called, No Excuse for Sin. This is the Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is teaching through the entire Bible on this series. He's taking you through all 66 books. Obviously, we're in Romans right now, and all of the previous lessons from the Old Testament, the Gospels, and the Book of Acts are available for you to watch or listen free and on demand. Learn more at wisdomonline.org. In addition to being the president of our ministry, Wisdom International, Stephen is also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. One of his passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded that school. Graduates of Shepherd's Seminary are serving God in their churches jobs, and communities all over the world. There have been many men who've earned their degree from the school and have gone out to plant churches. If you or someone you know is interested in graduate-level theological training, I encourage you to consider STS. We've had many people who just take a class or two. They want to have a better understanding of the Bible and theology. So, Even if God has not called you to serve him as a pastor 
or in full-time Christian ministry, the classes STS offers will help you. You don't have to leave your current job. You don't have to relocate because all of the courses have an online option as well. You can join in with a class of students anywhere in the world. If you want to study in person, there are classes offered here in Cary, North Carolina, in Laramie, Wyoming, and in Bryan, Texas. There are also clusters of students who gather together at local churches to take classes together. There are clusters in Birmingham, Alabama, Lincoln, Nebraska, and more. Stephen Davey and the faculty of STS want to invest in you. Go to wisdomonline.org forward slash STS for information. Do that today, then join us back here next time to continue traveling along the wisdom journey. 